0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of What We Said, what podcast. We said podcast. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. It's <laughs> trying to hide um, you. If you're new around here, thanks for joining us today. It's a good Tuesday. I hope this episode I think this episode's going to hopefully benefit everyone who listens uh, or Hope anyone. Me, I'm hoping
0: it benefits me as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it can anyone can kind of relate to the stuff we're talking about and hopefully take some good things away. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to do a little segment called Our Favorite Healthy Snacks. Ooh, creative name. Really unique. We were just talking. We're like, what could we share on the podcast that would be, you know, something fun that's a favorite right now? And we're like, let's do favorite snacks. So I'll go first. Something that I've been eating a lot lately are Go Macro Bars. I love Go Macro. They're so good. So I actually, I'd seen them around, but I'd never had them. And then I was lucky enough for them to send me a box of them probably like five months ago. And then ever since, they've always been on my list to buy them. Yeah. grocery shop and whenever I see them, I get one as a little snack. My favorites are the sunflower butter and I think it's and chocolate chip and the peanut butter and chocolate chip. I love the ones that have chocolate chips in them because it yeah. gives it a little crunch. But I really love any of them. And if it, they get sometimes kind of warm, like I'll leave it in my car
0: and it'll get kinda yeah, warm. Yeah, it's like kinda gooey. Yeah. I it's love it. So good. Yeah. So that's my favorite right now. They the also have for people like me who can't really eat peanut butter and I always get so sad because usually the best bars have peanut butter in them mm-hmm. and like peanut butter's peanut butter makes me break out really bad. They have like nut free ones now. So, the one nice. that they sent me was like, oh, I think you got the same oatmeal one. Oatmeal chocolate chip? Yeah, oatmeal chocolate chips. So it's good. So too. good. So, you guys, there's options. They're, They're really the best. Good. Okay, my healthy snack is, I actually talked about this in my YouTube video that hopefully at some point goes up. So, hopefully <laughs> it'll be up by now. But I get a cuss on the podcast for the first time because it's called bitchin' sauce. That's what it's called. Nice. I'm like, I'm gonna say it again bitchin' <laughs> sauce. <laughs> um, It's, hummus but it's made out of almonds instead of chickpeas so it has like a really unique consistency but it, th- I love the texture of it it's great for carrots obviously like you can dip chips in it if you want I love dipping sweet bell peppers like the mini ones do you like mini sweet bell peppers I don't here's the thing I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest I had that sauce one time it's really sauce it's called
1: sauce interesting mm-hmm. I had the dip one time and are there different flavors yeah 'Cause I wasn't thoroughly enjoying it. And really? I was like, really? which, which kind was it? I think it was just original or something. Cause I was I was really, really? mad because not mad, i like, I was furious. <laughs> I was bummed because I've heard so much good stuff about it. And I was like, why don't I like
0: it? Really? Well, there's yeah. another hummus. Okay. I think you've tried this one. I don't think it's available everywhere, but you can go on their website. It's Majestic Garlic. Yeah. The best hummus I have ever tried.
1: I but it's made with hummus. chickpeas.
0: If so, if you don't like that, you can go for bichon sauce, which is great. It's it's definitely a different taste for sure than like actual you know hummus. Mm-hmm. But majestic garlic is super good. So either of those because it you can eat vegetables, but it's still good. Like I love sweet bell peppers dipped in hummus. It's like my favorite thing.
1: It's a good snack. I love carrots yeah. dipped in hummus. That's yeah, it's true. Sweet. Okay, well, today's episode, you guys, is about productivity. Previously, I was calling it productivity for the past two months as Chelsea and I have been talking about this topic. And I researched it and found out it is pronounced productivity. So, a little. Uh, just so you know. Just so you know. But like I said, this podcast is hopefully going to be filled with lots of good information, little nuggets that you guys can take away. I actually hate the word nuggets so
0: much, but I know. I've been said it, it last it lately. time. I've been using it multiple times. I'm like, you can get a little I hear on nugget. I hear on podcasts all the time. Yeah. People always say like little nuggets, but I'm like, what else do you call it? Right. Like little… Uh, tidbits. Tidbits of information. Anyway,
1: if you were ever to take notes on one of our podcast episodes, I would say this would be a good yeah. one to pull out the notebook or just, you know, have your notes app. But not app. if you're driving. Not if you're driving, but have the notes app up on your phone and kind of jot down some things just because… At least when I was – so we're going to talk about this book that we read, but when I was reading the book, I was constantly taking notes just because there's so much good stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So Chelsea and I recently both read this book called The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey, and it is really good. Mm -hmm. It's a very good read. It's very, very valuable. has lots of takeaways. I liked that he gave a lot of like tangible things that you can actually do instead of like giving you – Like tasks. Yeah, like tasks that can really help you with your productivity. So first thing I wanted to ask you is if you would consider yourself a productive person.
0: This is really hard. I feel like yes and no. I mean, I know that's such a classic answer. But I'm not one that has to be productive or I feel like depressed. Because I feel like you kind of are like that. If you're, yeah. if, you don't, if you're not super productive. And I feel like I can get away with like having a pretty chill day and I'm not like, oh, I wasn't super productive today. Mm-hmm. But he actually talks about this in his book where it's saying, like, it's not necessarily how much you do, but, like, what, what you— What you accomplish. Yeah, what you accomplish and, like, what, you, what your intentions are with it. So it's, like, you just do meaningless things all day. It's, like, you could have done a lot of things technically, but it could mean nothing to you. So I feel like I am productive when I am really passionate about something, obviously. Like, I go full force. I'm, like, planning. I'm super— like, time efficient. I'm really good at being time efficient and, like, getting things done in time and, like, all of that. But I'm not the kind of person that's, like, just doing so much every day.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, That was actually the first note I had written down is that productivity is about how much you accomplish, not necessarily how much you do. Yeah. And he was saying that he was saying it it is all about the goals you set because if you set a goal for the day that you want to have the most relaxing day— then, and then you do accomplish that, like you relax for a majority of the day and you have a great chill day, then you are productive because that was the goal you set. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really does depend on your goals. Something that he mentioned is that there are three ingredients to productivity and they are time, energy, and attention. Yeah. And I actually, I had written down to check page 15. So I'm going to do that right now.
0: Well, you know what is interesting because like obviously time, I feel like I knew that. And like, Wait, what was the third one?
1: Time, energy, and attention. Oh, yeah.
0: Attention, I knew that one was one. But energy, I never really thought of. Like, when he went into, like, energy and how much energy you have, I was, like, very into that part. Because I'm like, oh, I try and do things when I am feeling the worst. And I'm just like, well, I have to just push through it at this point. And I never thought about – again, we'll get into this later. But doing things at optimal times when you're feeling the most energized and, like, how to find energy.
1: Yeah, and he kind of… He words it the best. I'm going to see if I can find… Okay, yeah, this is what I loved. This is what I had to read. So it says, for example, getting enough sleep requires more time, but it boosts your energy and ability to manage your attention. Eliminating noise and distractions also takes time, but it helps you manage your attention better because it provides you with more focus and clarity throughout the day. Changing your mindset takes energy and attention, but it will let you get more done in less time. Yeah. So they all work together and they're all equally important. And so someone who just barrels through and— you know, doesn't even get sleep because they're working so hard and blah, blah, blah. It's like that's not necessarily productive. Like you need sleep, which yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to take your time away. But just as important as time is your energy levels and you need sleep to have, you know, optimal energy levels and to give things your attention. So it's like they yeah. all work hand in hand and it's kind of just a
0: balance. Finding a balance. To figure that out. Yeah. To find how you can be the most productive. hmm Now I'm starting to almost say productive. Yeah, you can say productive. Productive. But it's productive. Yeah.
1: So first step in becoming more productive is to figure out why you want to be more productive and what it is that you want to accomplish. And so he was basically saying if you are investing so many hours in like taking on new habits or routines, it's kind of a waste if you don't actually care about what the changes are that you're trying to make. Mm -hmm. And also you won't have the motivation to sustain those changes.
0: Yeah. So… Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's extremely true because I see so many people that like run around like chickens with their heads cut off because it's just like, what are you doing? I had a boss at one job that would tell us to do these tasks. And at a certain point, I I started asking him, I'm like, okay, but what is the point of me doing this task? Like, I kind of feel like you're just trying to keep me busy and I feel like it does nothing good. Like, so if you can explain to me, like, what the meaning of this is, I, first of all, will probably get it done faster and better. But when I feel like it's meaningless, I'm just like, there's no point, like, in keeping me busy. Yeah. It's not doing anybody any good. Mm -mm.
1: And it kind of goes into, like, I think a lot of people, they do want to become healthier. They do want to create habits for themselves and become more productive. But it's like, until you define a clear goal of why you want to be more productive, for example. I personally, I think I want to be more productive with work stuff so that I have more free time to like do things that I love and spend time with my family and my friends and feel justified in like kind of quitting, you know, putting work aside for that time. Whereas when I don't feel productive, I feel like I have to be constantly doing stuff. Even when I am with friends or family, I'm like so stressed because I feel like I haven't gotten as much accomplished as I wanted wanted to. And yeah. that's probably because I'm not being super time efficient. So my whole goal behind being productive and having good habits is to free up more of my time so mm-hmm. that I can spend that doing more things to relax and, you know, kind of enjoy and enjoy. Yeah. So I think kind of defining what that is, where whether that's that you want to be more productive in your job to what's the word I'm make looking more for? Money. Yeah, to make more money or become more successful in that specific mm-hmm. thing. Like, that's perfectly fine. It's just defining what it is you're going after so that you have a clear idea of what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and I think because, because you do have that long-term goal in mind, it's so much easier to do the little tasks throughout the day that might seem mean- meaningless where it's like, oh my gosh, like, I have to do the dishes every single day. I have to put them away. Like, whatever. It. it In my mind, sometimes I'm like, this is such a waste of my time. Like, what is this actually doing for me? But in the long run, it's like, well, I want to have a clean house so that I can get work done and then I won't be stressed and that my mind can be clear because I'm in a nice environment that I've created for myself. So you have to look at like the bigger picture. And I think that's what he was trying to get at too. It's like, you will feel so unproductive if you have no intention or no… Motivation. Yeah, no motivation.
1: No, that's true. And sometimes you do have to look at the bigger picture. And that's something he mentioned. And I wish I had a note written on that because I do remember him uh, talking about kind of how, well, actually, we'll go into
0: that when we talk about procrastination a little later in this episode. So, well, the one exercise that he said for that, and I don't know if you're about to say this, but he basically says, like, ask yourself, what is meaningful to you? So if like you're listening and you want to take notes, like ask yourself, what's meaningful to you? And like, what is your intention? Basically, in life, like, what are you trying to accomplish? Because otherwise, you have no direction. I don't know if he was saying this or Ed Millett said this on a my podcast. Let. My let. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Ed. <laughs> he said, sorry, like, Ed, be on only the a certain, like, a small percentage of people actually right have their, their goals. Yeah, have their goals written down, which is kind of crazy. That. And I'm one of those people yeah, who does not Yeah, same. I don't I'll, like there have been times in my life where, like, I'll do exercise like that where I'm like, oh, my goals, but then I forget.
1: Right. It is important, and that's something we actually mentioned on one of our past episodes is that I'll listen to inspiring podcasts all the time or, like, talks or things where I really get a lot of value from them, but then I don't write anything down, so I honestly forget about them by the next
0: day. And does nothing for you.
1: Yeah, and if you write it down, you're so much more likely to, I don't know, look back on that, stick to it, remember it. Versus just being like, oh, that was a good. I liked that. And then moving on. Yeah. If you don't write anything down, you'll forget. At least I do.
0: Yeah. Because then if you know what's meaningful to you and you know, like, your intentions and you have your goal in mind. Because he says, I think, it's not about doing more. It's about doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're like, oh, I, I've, I, I need to be more productive. Like, I need to add more things to my list. Like, maybe just reevaluate what's on your list. Yeah. And see if it's, like, aligning with your goal.
1: Definitely. So, he talks about – this is something I like that he talked about – is that he always dreamed about being an early riser. And he wanted so badly to wake up at 5.30 a.m. every day, have a set morning routine. But after actually doing that for a while, he I think he did it for three weeks or maybe even longer. Yeah. Maybe it was even three months. I can't remember the, the amount of time. But he stuck to it for a while. And he realized he actually wasn't very happy doing that. And he, he said, all of us are wired differently. And there truly are people who… Are, they work better at night. They work better if they can get up a little bit later in the day. And he said, for him specifically, at that point in life, when he was, he was kind of doing this as an experiment for this whole, you know, for his book project, and his, yeah. his project. But he said, when I was waking up every morning at, I think it's five five thirty a.m he had to say no to a lot of things. He had to say no to hanging out with his friends and his girlfriend because he had to go to bed earlier because otherwise he wouldn't get enough sleep. And he was just saying, everyone's wired differently. And getting up super early is actually not necessarily better. It's all about what you do with the hours that you are awake. Mm -hmm. And that's what determines how productive you are actually. yeah. So someone who gets up at 5.30 a.m. and gets going, they're not necessarily more productive than someone who wakes up at 8.30 and has their own routine. You have to figure out what works for your life and your schedule.
0: Yeah. Well, and leading into that, another thing that I was, when I was mentioning like the energy thing mm-hmm. is when he talked about, I think it's BPT. Is that Am I correct on that? I don't like, know what you're saying. Or basically your optimal like energy times okay. during the day. So there are certain hours of the day where your energy spikes up, and everyone's different, like you said. Like, some people have it in the morning. Some people have it later. I feel like mine, dr- like, drastically drops from, like, basically 3 p.m. on. But at, like, a certain point in the night, you everyone kind of feels like that po- point where it, like, goes up for a minute and then mm-hmm. comes back down. But you're saying if you notice those times, like, do the highest impact tasks at those points when you have the most energy. Because I feel like at, like, 9 or 10, I'm, like, on fire. ready to go. And I— I do the dumbest things during those times. Like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Like, I'll start doing something at 2, which is nap time for most people. Like, that's such a waste of my energy. Like, I'll literally do the dumbest things at 9 or 10, where I'm, I'm, like, going out to breakfast or something. I should be
1: working on something that, like, yeah, a
0: high-impact task.
1: And I think he even did, like, he took notes on that for himself. Like, he kind of, because obviously he's doing this project, but… He went through each day and, and was like, at what point am I getting tired? At what point do I have the most energy? And he wrote that down so that he when actually When do you feel knew. like you're
0: – just from guessing, not, you know, experimenting right. and writing it down. When do you feel like your hours, optimal hours are? I think kind of what you said, probably
1: like between – I would say between 10 and 2 p.m. I'm like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of drop off for a few hours where – around maybe three or four, I get kind of tired. I'm like, yeah. every day I feel like, wow, this is kind of, I could take a nap right now. Mm -hmm. Or unless I'm super busy, I'm just, I get kind of tired during those hours. And then I kind of get my energy back at probably 7 p.m. And I'm like ready to go again, which is so weird. And Leif is the opposite. We've talked about this. He's like, Ready to wind down, and I'm like, "Ooh, what can we work on?" And he's like, "Excuse yeah. me, <laughs> yeah, it's not, he's not down." Yeah, yeah. So I kind of come alive at night again, and I like to actually work at night a little bit too. Like, yeah, I'll, I love like I like to wind down, but I also will be like on Pinterest getting
0: some inspiration for stuff like that. Kind of excites me at night for some yeah. reason. Well, and he was saying even things that you want to do, like fun tasks, you probably you maybe shouldn't do those in, like, your optimal energy times. Like, mm. maybe you want to do something that's a little more boring to you or, like, something that's not as stimulating like some, or something that's not creative, basically. Right. So that, like, other times of the day when maybe you have low energy, you can get on and, like, do something that's a little more creative because your, like, motivation will go up a little bit. But something that you're like, I am dreading this, but I have, like, so much energy, I'm just going to whip it out and get it done right now. Which that's I was like, true. duh. I don't yeah. know why I never thought about this before.
1: Definitely. So there is a little challenge that he has in the book that I liked, and it's basically just asking yourself some questions to kind of figure out what your deepest held values are. And so he says, imagine this. As a result of implementing the tactics in this book, you have two more hours of leisure time every day. How will you use that time? What new things will you take on? What will you spend more time on? And I was telling Chelsea, that makes me so giddy to (laughs) think about the fact that if you are more productive you could potentially have hours left mm-hmm. over that you can do whatever you want like you yeah. don't you know if you
0: are more time efficient with the things that are important to you well maybe people already do that but in the back of their mind while they're doing those leisurely activities like oh, i really should be getting this stuff done
1: exactly and that's kind of the goal is to be able to do those things feeling no guilt yeah But he says, go deep and ask yourself what deep-rooted values are associated with your productivity goals. Why do you want to become more productive? If you find yourself coming up with a lot of values that you care deeply about, like community, relationships, freedom, learning, etc., chances are that you care about the goal on a deep personal level, and the change you have in mind is probably worth making. And so basically, he says, if thinking about values is too daunting for you, then you can just fill in the blank, I deeply care about this because blank. And spin off as many reasons as you can to determine whether you care about each change on a deeper level. So basically, he's just saying to become more productive, you have to carve out more time for the things that are really meaningful to you. Mm -hmm.
0: That's the whole point of what I'm trying to get at right here. Well, and he talks – I think he talks about this, like getting burnt out. That's how people get burnt out. If you're just doing things and it seems like you have no enjoyment. You're like, what's the point of me working so hard if I enjoy nothing? Then that's when you will get so burnt out that it's like – just a lose-lose. Yeah, and you have no drive. Yeah.
1: I am so freaking excited to tell you guys about Thrive Market. Chelsea and I both adore Thrive Market, and we're so excited to be partnering with them. And we're even more excited for you guys to try and hop on board because we know you guys will love it. Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. So they offer the highest quality, healthy and sustainable products available for every budget, lifestyle and geography. I was just telling Chelsea, this is so good for people who, especially for people who don't live near like a health store or, you know, the more healthy grocery, uh, grocery stores. I don't know what else I'd call that because obviously I'm lucky in LA to live next to a lot of those, but even throwing that aside, it's kind of just a hassle to go grocery shopping. It's not my favorite thing. So shopping at Thrive Market means supporting a select group of brands that make the world a better place. They sell non-GMO food, snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies. The list literally goes on and on and it ships right to your door. It's basically the ideal situation. When you're shopping online, you can filter their selection by the values that matter to you. So you can shop by vegan foods, kosher, keto, gluten-free, like any type of diet that you, follow. You can just search it and find the perfect foods that you want and the perfect items. So no more reading labels because Thrive Market just does it for you. The shopping process with Thrive Market not only saves you time and money, it's honestly fun. I love this website, you guys. It like makes me giddy inside when I get on the website and there's just endless possibilities of all this healthy, awesome food and I know that it's good, clean ingredients. Thrive Market offers a highly curated catalog. Plus with Thrive Market, you can get organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% 50% lower than retail price. And it will show you how much money you guys will save and you'll be shocked. So I just put in an order. I got some organic coconut oil. I got these little peach rings that look really good. Uh, I got some crackers, some waffle mix, and then I even got some coconut vanilla body lotion. I've been in need of some good body lotion. So I'm really excited to try that out. I got some little treats for lady and I'm stocking up honestly, you guys really need to try this out. I think, like I said, it's the ideal situation. You're saving money. You know, it's good ingredients. And on top of that, we have a little discount code for you guys. So our listeners can get 25% off your first order plus a 30-day free trial to Thrive Market. So go to thrivemarket.com slash what we said. That is thrivemarket.com slash what we said. You guys are going to be obsessed. So now we're going to kind of get into procrastination, which is something that I have struggled with my entire life. And it has made my life much harder than it's needed to be. I mean, I've done it to myself, but I'm just saying I am very much a procrastinator, always have been. And this book actually really helped me with, with this and made me think about it kind of in a different way. So first of all, to define procrastination, procrastination really is pretty simple. It's that the more unattractive a task is, the more likely you are to put it off. And I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but I never really thought of it that way. But he was saying, if a task is boring or difficult or frustrating or it lacks in personal meaning, then the more likely you are to put it off until the last minute. Yeah. Because there's the example of putting your taxes off and instead watching Netflix. Because who really wants
0: to sit down and do their taxes? It's not very rewarding. It's well, and he goes into, like, your brain anatomy. Like, basically, yeah. uh, I forgot. I'm, I'm just scared to say the parts of the brain because I don't have them written down. But basically, like, your cerebral, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. and the other part. So one of them is, like, logic, and one of them's like, reward, mm-hmm. emotional, whatever. So when it comes to tasks, like, a certain task will be rewarding for the emotional side, and some of them will be, like, rewarding for the more logical mm-hmm. side, and it's like when you give up and you watch Netflix instead of doing your taxes, the emotional side wins. Right. So it's like about fighting that side and…
1: Doing what needs to be done. Yeah, and
0: doing what needs to be done and not letting that side of your brain win.
1: Right. And he, he was saying that when you watch Netflix, that doesn't set off nearly, nearly as many triggers as doing your taxes does because yeah. Netflix is easy. It's fun. It numbs your mind. And it's mm-hmm. not a hard thing. Yeah. So it's like—
0: The best thing ever?
1: Yeah. So it's just—it's
0: an obvious choice that that's more appealing to people. Yeah. So he gives better examples like in the book, but just to summarize it, he basically says if that's happening to you, a good way to let that logical side of your brain win is to switch the triggers of certain tasks. So, for example, if we're still talking about taxes, if it's boring— Like, make it something where it becomes fun, like, if you get it done. Or if it's, like, meaningless, find a meaning for it. And so that you can, like, switch it around so that your mindset is different about it. So I'm trying to think of, like, a good example of another task besides taxes. Well, he
1: he was saying something, I think, even with the taxes example where kind of a way to give that more of a positive meaning is if I do my taxes right, then— Something about, like, that'll free—first of all, then maybe he'll get a better tax return or something. Yeah. And then he can use that money for something that he loves, or it will free up his time. Um, if he gets his taxes done now, then he'll have more time, you know, later this week to do something yeah. that he loves. So it's, it's kind of about looking at it more in a positive light. And that can be with anything, like, even working out versus, like, watching Netflix or something. Yeah. It's like, that's more more unattractive of a task because— it might be really hard for some people. Maybe they're just getting started, so it's not a habit. And it's like, yeah, eh, that sets off triggers in my brain. Like, I don't really want to go do that. Yeah. But if you can switch your mindset to, like, I want a healthier body,
0: and this is how I'm going to do it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing like we've talked about for eating healthy. It's like a lot of people think of it as I don't deserve that cookie. Like, I can't have that cookie. I cannot have it. Like I don't deserve to eat that, like whatever. But you need, we talk about switching your mindset and it makes a world of difference if you switch your mindset to, I deserve to not have that cookie because I know I'm not going to feel good after it. It just like makes my stomach hurt, whatever. But another one that I liked that he was talking about was if it's like an ambiguous task, make a plan for it. Cause I feel like that is my biggest problem for procrastination Is when there's not a set, like, set of instructions. It's, like, very unstructured. Yeah. So it's, like, if there's something that's just looming over my head and I don't even know where to start, I don't don't try. Because I'm just such a person that needs, like, instruction. And if somebody wants me to do something or, like, especially if it's, like, a task that has to do with other people, I want to know exactly what their expectations are. Like, I'm not just going to be, like, oh, you want me to do this? Okay, I'm just going to go at it. Do it my own way. Yeah. I'm, like, I want you to give me exactly what your expectations are so we can be on the same page. Like I need to know every little detail. When I put any kind of furniture together, my husband just goes at it and I'm like, you're giving me anxiety. Like I need to follow the instructions. I need to set out every single tool and screw that they have, organize them so I know where to start. And so I like that he was saying like, if it's too ambiguous, sit down and make a plan. Like write down step one, step two, step three. That's a huge
1: one for me too. Yeah.
0: I think that could help so
1: so much. And he was even saying some advice and it sounds very simple, but some advice is just to get started. And that sounds much easier said than done, obviously, but if you really think about it, he suggested setting a timer for 15 minutes and just starting on the task and chances are by the time you start and get into it, you're just going to be like whatever, I'm already doing it. I'll just finish or I'll just, you know, go for longer. Mm-hmm. But if you and that's what I do for cleaning, yeah. Because I, I mean, I don't enjoy cleaning that much, but I will set a timer for 15 minutes and it's almost like a game to me. I'm like, let's yeah. see how much I can get done in 15 minutes. And it's shocking how much you actually can get done. Like I'll will set a timer for 15 minutes, set on my dresser, and then I'll start cleaning up my room. And by the time the 15 minutes is done, it honestly looks so much more clean and then at that point, like he said, it's like, I'm already doing it. So I'm like, I can finish up now. But it's just that getting started is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. And so for anything, if you can just set a timer or just commit to doing it for a certain amount of time, chances are that you'll realize it's not that bad. Yeah, I love that. Or, you know, you'll get it done. Yeah, it doesn't seem
0: so daunting. Right. Another thing that he mentioned that I also like that I hadn't thought about, because I know I've I've definitely read and heard about like connecting to your younger self like your more innocent self and I love that but he was saying like especially when it comes to setting goals like getting in touch with your future self so mm-hmm. I and it's such an important like visual thing to do or sorry visualizing like exercise to do to be like where do I want to be in five years what do I and I think I said this on our or my solo episode like where do you want to be in five years like if you do everything right, where are you in five years? And it's like, okay, whatever. But a lot of times we see that person in five years as a stranger. Like, if you really think about it, it's like, oh, five years in me, person, kind of like he was saying, like, he's going to get up at 5.30 and work out. And it's like, okay, but your future self is still you. Right. So, like, what do you want to do in five years? Not what does this random person that you think you're going to be in five years, whatever, like, to make it a reality, get in touch and, like, Really figure out who your future self is in reality and not just making up some, like, five years, I'm going to have $5 million and I'm going to get up and I'm going to have, like, all these things. And it's like, that's not even me. Right. What what do I really want. want to do in five years? That's very, very true. I love
1: that. All right, let's talk perfume and cologne, guys. Whatever scent you may be wearing, you obviously have your own taste. You know what you like. But we all know that buying and trying out different perfumes can get real pricey, and it's a journey. So if you're like me, you end up with a ton of half-used bottles. I have literally never used a full perfume bottle in my life, and I have so many that are just sitting that I never use. So with Scentbird, I have found a way to have great taste It's been really fun using Scentbird to kind of mix up my fragrance routine. And without breaking the bank, let's talk about that. Um, So I'm a sucker for Juicy Couture, the Viva La Juicy. I've loved that for years and years. They have that at Scentbird. I love the Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue. It smells amazing. Scentbird is awesome because you're not just blindly picking a scent and hoping that you like it. You answer a lot of questions about the specifics of what you like, and then it gives you recommendations. And you can also see reviews on it, and it makes searching really easy. With Scentbird, you choose the perfume you want to try, and then they will send you a 30-day supply. And it's 120 sprays, so you can apply more than four times daily for a month. So You're getting a bang for your buck with these little things, and they're so convenient. I've said this before, but I love traveling with them because it's just not realistic that you're going to bring a huge perfume bottle with you when you travel, but you still want to smell good day to day, you know? So I love putting these little scentbird bottles in my bag because they can fit in your purse, in your little carry-on bag or whatever, and they're so awesome for that. There are more than 450 designer brands for you to choose a perfume or cologne from each month. We're talking Prada, Tom Ford, Versace, Rag & Bone, Gucci, like a million different ones. Not a million, but more than 450. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you guys can get 50% off of your first month today. That is only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to Scentbird.com slash what we said and use our code said for 50% off your first month. Again, that is S-C-E-N-T bird.com slash what we said for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just seven dollars and fifty cents. Sign on and smell amazing, guys. Okay, so something he talked about is the rule of three. And Basically, he said, at the beginning of every day, and this is something he actually got from someone else, I believe, but I I will say I've been doing this exercise, and it has really, really helped me. So he says, at the beginning of every day, mentally fast forward to the end of the day and ask yourself, when the day is over, what three things will I want to have accomplished? And then you write those three things down and you do the same at the beginning of every week. So you have kind of like three bigger goals throughout the week. And then every day you have three smaller things where you're like, you really just close your eyes, mentally think about at the end of the day, what would I be so happy to have accomplished? And you write down those three things. Okay. I like the weekly one. The weekly one is great too. And some people can maybe do, you know, this is what I used to do. I would write down a list of no joke, 20 things yeah. that I needed to do in a day. Would never finish all of them because it just wasn't Too even possible. Much. And then at the end of the day, be unsatisfied because I'm like, great. I didn't get 10 of them done. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I would have just picked the actual three most important things, and sometimes I'm like, wait, I can't pick three because there's more. Like I do have I need to, get to do more stuff. But it's like start with three. Mm-hmm. Start with three. I don't know about other people. I'm the same that you're saying when it's like unstructured, I just can't even begin. Mm-hmm. So when I have a lot of things going in my mind where I'm, like, preparing for a trip and I have all these deadlines and I'm like, there's not three things only. Yeah, there's there's way more. There's 20. But I start with three. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing lately is I will physically write it down. I will write down the three most important things and I will start at number one and do them in order of importance. And once I get it done, I'm like, check, next. Yeah. Okay, check, next. And I will say it is so much more satisfying at the end of the day because you're like, you feel productive. You're like, I did all the things and I am happy that I got all of that done. Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: that has been a really good exercise for me and I think that can really help you guys um, if you're in the same boat. And even if you're not a natural procrastinator, like it's still good to, like you said, kind of visualize the things that you want, visualize the end of the day. That's something that I love that he says, like visualize the end of the day, the end of the week, and then
0: picture what you would just be so stoked to have done. yeah. And then write that stuff down and do it. Yeah. No, I really like that. And I like the beginning of the week one, too, because the beginning of this year, I started— Well, okay, this is another thing that he talks about that I wanted to get into as well is, like, mind dumping. But in the morning, I would do six. So I feel like that's, like, an, an even. Six I kind of Yeah, like, the six—I think it's a certain method, and, and I, I feel bad because I can't give whoever made it up credit. But they say that, like, write down the six things that you want to do and then— not in a particular order, and then number them from, like, one to six in, like, order of importance. Okay. And then you have to finish them to completion before you go to the next one. Which is so important. Which, yeah, you have to finish it. And don't do, like, oh, I have to finish this entire project. It's like, no, break it down Little into steps, steps. Yeah. yeah. So I think three or six is, like, good. I'm actually thinking maybe I should do three because sometimes I don't get all six done, which I don't, like, stress out about that much, but. Three it just is like feels a great a little, place to start, especially if you have three at the beginning of the week, then you're way more focused on like, what's the end goal here? Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, I have to do these meaningless little things. But he talks about mind dumping, which if this isn't something you're already doing, guys, you need to do it. I actually am pretty bad at writing things down. I feel like you're good at it. Like you're always like, oh, I wrote these things down. And I'll think about things all the time. And I never write them down. And he says that's such a waste of an idea
1: because
0: mm-hmm. it's gone. As soon as you, you're like, oh, I'll remember later. You will, you will not remember. You
1: will not remember. Yeah. Well, that's
0: how I got good at
1: it is because I would have all these ideas, mm-hmm. and I would never write a single one of them down. Yeah. And then I would have ideas for like, oh, people we can have on the podcast, things we can talk about on the podcast, and I would forget all of them. Yeah. When I went to call you, I'm like, I can't remember any of the things I re- I thought of last night. Yeah. Even I just I, – I mean, I swear if my notes aren't backed up on iCloud, I'm so freaking screwed. I need <laughs> yeah. to make sure they are because – Even um, I'll write down, I'll get ideas randomly at night of like, oh, that would be a cool YouTube video or something. And I always write it down. And I will seriously forget. Like the next day, I'll see that note and be like, I forgot about that already. I didn't even remember that idea. So writing stuff down is so important. I always just do it in my notes because I have the notes app on my phone just because I have that always. But
0: yeah, he goes as far as he has like a waterproof notepad in his shower. Oh, wow. Because it's like.
1: Wait, that's actually – I love that.
0: Yeah, because he was – well, that's also another part that he talks about is giving your mind time to actually have ideas. Yeah, Because he's like, if you notice, you're in the shower you have all these ideas because you're not distracted by anything. Totally. So you start to think of all these things that you need to do or that, like, you want to try or whatever. But going back to mind dumping in and of itself, he's saying, like, when all of the things you need to do are in your head, it is – So messy in there, you cannot even like, you don't have any space to think. So you have to mind dump. So, like, write everything down. And this is something my husband actually introduced to me because they would do that at his office. They would say, okay, it's like 3 p.m., mind dump. Like, write everything on a piece of notepad or like on a piece of paper and just write down everything that you're thinking about, whether it's chores you have to do, something in your mind, an idea, like just write everything down. Doesn't have to be in any, doesn't have to be in MLA format or anything like that. But I started doing that in the mornings. I've been so bad at it for the last month, but I need to start doing it again because it is so freeing. Because literally, it feels like you are emptying the trash, like you know, on your computer when you yeah. empty the trash, and it's so satisfying. That's what it feels like. Wow! Because you're just like writing everything down. Like, oh my gosh, everything's floating around in my head. It's like fi- like filing them down. So it's like okay, once they're on paper, they seem so much more doable. I need to do that. I need yeah. to do that, though, where in the morning I just dump it. I feel like you especially need to do that because you have, like, so much going on in your head all the time, I feel like. Yeah, it's a <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how my husband is. He has so much in his head all the time. And so when he writes it down, it, it helps him have space and room to, like, get stuff done, actually. No, I actually love that. My voice that. is fading every second By of the podcast. Second. So I would do that. Bef- I would, in the morning, mind dump from the day before— that night, like dream I had, just write down like morning pages is what I have called it mm-hmm. or what I've heard other people call it. And then I would write down my things. Cause then I kind of have a better vision of like things that I actually need to do or things I can wait or whatever. Right. Well, and I then really I'm like that. free for the day. My mind feels so good for the rest of the day. And I've been terrible at it for a month. And now I'm wondering, or now I'm realizing, realizing why I've been stressed. <laughs>
1: Okay, guys, let's talk about deodorant, shall we? And also, let's talk about the importance of using deodorant that is made of good ingredients. So I'm here to share the brand Native with you guys, and I'm really excited about it. This is actually one of my favorite deodorants that I've ever tried um, that's more on the natural side. I personally have the coconut and vanilla scent, and I really love it. I also love their branding. It's very minimal, cute. You know, It's that's important. So, Native deodorant is formulated without aluminum, parabens, sulfates and all that nasty stuff. It is filled with ingredients from nature. We're talking coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch. And they also do not test on animals, which is awesome. So, Native has over 7,000 five-star reviews. This stuff actually works, you guys. I think my favorite part of it is that it feels like normal deodorant. And I feel like you will know what I mean if you've been on a journey to find a more natural deodorant. I've used some that are very oily. I've used some that just have a very odd consistency, but it goes on really smooth and nice and it smells delicious. Like I said, I have the coconut and vanilla scent, which I think is the most popular scent that they sell, but they have a variety of different scents like lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, eucalyptus and mint, and more. So another great thing is that they offer free returns or exchanges. So there is literally no risk at all. If you want to try it out and you don't like it, you are free to return it. As always, we have a discount code for you guys. So for 20% off of your first purchase, visit native deodorant.com/slash what we said and use the code what we said at checkout. Again, visit native deodorant.com slash what we said and use the code what we said at checkout for 20% off your first order. I cannot wait for you guys to try it. Let us know how you like it. So this is something that I wanted to talk about. And there is a statistic that he shared in the book that says that the average American adult watches over five hours of television every single day. This blows my mind, first of all, but (laughs) I think that it also kind of is equivalent to social media usage in today's, you know, world. Yeah. So— I'm not much of a TV watcher. I actually never have been. But I really do think it's comparable to like how much time all of us spend on social media. YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. So that's how I kind of am looking at it. And I think that's probably the best way that everyone at home can relate to it is because we're all on social media probably more often than we watch TV, at least for me. So he says, assuming that you live until you are 80 years old… Oh, I already know
0: where this is going and I'm scared.
1: And you started watching TV or using social media at age 10. That adds up to about 13.6 years of your life. (laughs) And when I heard that, I actually, like my stomach, I literally like I felt sick.
0: Because You can do so much.
1: You can do
0: so much. 13 and a half years of your life. You can become a master at something.
1: An absolute master. In that time period. And that just like really was a reality check to me. And— Ooh, I'm it, getting chills, but it not in a good way. And it made me want to throw my phone across the room. But seriously, I was like, but wow. But then I got back on Instagram. Yeah, then I started scrolling on Instagram like five <laughs>
0: seconds later. But then I started watching TikToks. <laughs> I don't watch TikToks.
1: He says— Okay, hold on. TikTok's like being reinvented right now.
0: It's currently like the new Vine kind of, which is shocking. I know, and I feel like I have to get on it. I know, scared, which is terrifying me because that's just another thing I'm gonna waste. Now it's 14 years. I TikTok on there, 15. I know. Staying tuned for that. Um,
1: But can you imagine? Hold on, okay. Like
0: a whole year of that is watching like a certain maybe YouTubers' videos you like. You dedicate a whole year to them. Yeah, absolutely not. No offense, but nobody deserves that. Yeah. That is not okay. Except for me and JC. Go watch our YouTube. (laughs) Chelsea Jade and JC Marie.
1: Go subscribe below. Um, Well, he says that the biggest time waster in our world today is the internet. Because it's so distracting. It's so rewarding. It's so stimulating. There's always something new. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the opposite of what we were talking about before where, you know, the unattractive tasks that you don't want to do. They have like these negative triggers where you're like, I don't want to do that because this and this. It's the opposite where it numbs your mind. And you do want to go on social media because it kind of takes you away from whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. If you're stressed, it's like, yeah, I'll scroll through Instagram for a
0: while. That kind of, you know. Makes me forget. Yeah. I'm just numbing my mind. So it's literally like taking drugs. Well, Okay, that's what he says also. Sorry, were you about to say that? No, I wasn't, but that's He was saying when you get off the internet, it's like withdrawal. Like life becomes dull. And you can get past that point. Because I think he was saying he got rid of the internet for this project. Because he tried all these things out, which is crazy and good for him. But in order to write about it, he had to try them all. Yeah, he did an
1: experiment where he only got on his phone for an hour a day for a month. Oh, yeah. And he said that it
0: changed his life. He, I believe it. He said that he got so much done. I had a social media fast for a week. I have never been happier. I don't know. I mean, I'm addicted to it. So, obviously, I went right back after the fast. It's, but It's so
1: addicting. And it's like, you just have to find ways to cut back because
0: it's like… You can't go cold turkey.
1: No, you can't. And also… If you do, it's like you said, you go on a fast for a week, you're going to get right back. Like, you miss it. Like, once you yeah. get back on, you're like, oh, my gosh, so I, I miss withdraw. out. Yeah, I miss out on so much. So, it's like you have to find ways to kind of, I don't know, just yeah. use it less. And I sound like a broken record, but that's been helpful when I, like, muted a bunch of people. That helped me out because I don't have as much that I see. Whereas, you know, I follow, I don't know, 400, 500 people and… So I'm seeing all their posts every single day, all their stories. It's like, that's enough to keep me
0: occupied all day, to be honest. You know what we should try and challenge ourselves to do at some point? Is to go on a trip and literally bring, like, old school phones. Because obviously we have to communicate. But, like, we should challenge ourselves to, like, go to, like, Fiji or something and not bring our phones. And just bring, like, a cellular, like, flip phone that we can only text and call. That is so good. Wait, that kind of like makes me I'm so. getting giddy thinking <laughs> about it, but also. It makes me oh anxious, gosh.
1: but also it makes me like, we should, we really should, or we should try. Well, I guess that's harder. As I was going to say we should still bring our phones, but we should try and just like never, like have it on airplane mode and like never. Leave it in the hotel room. Yeah, leave it in the hotel room, room the entire time. Never. Oh my anything.
0: gosh, that would be so cool.
1: That really would. That's, well, that's a good one. We should one do a us. retreat. Oh, I'm like, we should With do a YouTube said, video on that. It's all
0: about… It's <laughs> still all about technology. No, but literally, like… And and not make it something where it's like, eh, whatever. Like, somewhere where we would want to, like, be taking pictures and, like… Wait, that makes me so anxious, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah. oh. Like, going to
1: literally where,
0: where am I thinking?
1: Like, it's sad that… That's actually sad to me that when you're like, we should go to Fiji and, like, not take photos. I'm like… <laughs> yeah. Like, that makes me just feel… I'm like, wait, I have
0: to take photos. But… Maybe bring a disposable and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cute. Where you can't even look at the pictures. Like old school.
1: hmm Loving it.
0: You guys. Love the idea. If you like this idea, go follow our Instagram. And please comment on and say that we should do it. And say that we should have a whole retreat where you're not allowed to bring phones. I'm sure that. I'm like, have you guys ever <laughs> heard I'm of sure a
1: that's social a thing, media fast?
0: But yeah, gives well, us more time to gossip. True. <laughs> Just get the worse <laughs> habits after that.
1: No, I We think literally pick so up drugs great. after
0: we stop social media because <laughs> life is so dull.
1: <laughs> well, something that he says is to—a uh, step that you can take is to disconnect when you're working on something important and to leave your phone in a different room and or turn it off, which yeah. is a really good idea, I think. If you're working on a project, even when I'm, like, prepping for a podcast, you know, thing mm-hmm. like this, because these episodes, they do take prep work. Like, yeah. we read books for them, and we— take notes and stuff. And I'm thinking if I just, I mean, I guess I'm taking notes on my phone, but it's like, if I just had my laptop and I know people like authors that write books, they'll have their laptop and they will have it, something on their laptop where it's blocked from everything. They can't do anything on it. Something like that, where if I only had my notes app open on my laptop or whatever and had my phone in a different room and then I was just reading and taking notes, I'm like, I would probably be so much more productive because yeah. I feel like it's so easy to get distracted. And even sometimes I'll be reading, like even on the plane or something, I'll be, oh, well, I guess I had Wi-Fi on this past um, flight, but I would be reading. And then like after 20 pages, I would just like get on Instagram. And I'm yeah. like, why do I need it's to like do a, that? It's
0: like smoking cigarettes. It's like taking a smoke break.
1: It really is. Because it's, it's like, like, like even just, at
0: work when you have a break. That's, like, that's what you do. You have like a 15 minute break you go in the break room and look on Instagram. It's literally like taking a smoke break. It's so, so crazy. So you're basically smoking cigarettes, you guys. <laughs> like smoking you are going kills. to die.
1: <laughs> no, but that that was a good something good that I think again like is a good takeaway is thinking about those things that are important to you and turning off your phone and going putting it in a different yeah. room. And something that I mentioned especially during your optimal energy times. Yeah. And something that I mentioned on my uh latest, one of my latest YouTube videos called Health Hacks is you kind of, it sounds dumb and cheesy, but you kind of, when you turn your phone off, take the power back where it's like, I feel like it's very easy to kind of have our lives, like have our phones kind of run our lives where it's like, you're you're always responding to your your emails, like other people's mm-hmm. timelines. At least for us, because like a lot yeah. of what we do is via email, and always on Instagram and whatever, because that's part of our job. And so it's easy to feel kind of ruled by that. And I think when you put your phone in the other room, or you put on airplane mode, and you're like, "This is my time to do this," you kind of take the power back. Where it's like, I run my life. Yeah, I do what I want,
0: and I'm on my own timeline. Yeah, versus I love that. just being so. Attached to it. All day. And another thing he said, too, was, like, how many times do people check their emails? Especially if you do a job like we do where it's, like, sometimes you get a good email. Right. Where it's, like, exciting. So I feel like I'm always checking my email. Same. Like, looking for that little reward of, like, a good email. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Someone reaching out, wanting to be on the podcast, and we're like, yay! Yeah, exactly. But it's, like, that could have waited a few hours.
0: Yeah. So he was saying, make it so that—because you can't just ignore your email either. Like, you have to get back to people. But he's saying— Maybe try putting it down to two different times in the day. Maybe like right when you get to work, check your emails. And then at the end of the day, check your emails. And set aside a good amount of time. for. Don't just check them and then like you have to do something else. Have like an hour and be like, this is my hour of emails. Like give yourself enough time to respond to them. Then all of your emails are done. And then you do the next day from like, you know, whatever it is. Four to six, You you answer emails. Or even DMs. Because I find that really overwhelming. And I feel a lot of guilt from that almost where it's like I get DMs and I have something that I want to say and I'm like, okay, I'll come back and say it later because I see it or I'll, I'll, even read it. And I'm like, okay, I have a response, but I'll do it later because I don't have time. And then I never respond.
1: And that I feel bad because I'm
0: like, I should just set aside like an hour a day, go through my DMs when I have time. And actually give and people actually, the response
1: that they deserve.
0: Yeah. And go through an answer and then don't look at my DMs until the next time that I set aside.
1: I do that all the time too, where I read it because I'll just accept it or whatever, I'll read it. And then they can see that I saw it and they're asking me for tips on something. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, I want I need to send them that link. But then I'm doing yes. something and I forget. And then I realize that You just left them on red Yeah, I left them on red and I'm like, Yeah, Crap, I didn't mean to do that. But I know that's really
0: smart to so like set aside that time. Yeah. And for emails, like whatever you have to do for work, what, whether it is like texting someone or, or like a phone call or whatever, responding to anything like that. Definitely don't do it all day. That's a good thing I really, really need to work on.
1: Yeah. Well, and then the next thing I had was that 80% of 18 to 44-year-olds check their smartphone within the first 15 minutes of waking up. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm guilty of that as yeah. well. And I think that's something I try and work on all the time. But he was saying that he shuts his phone off from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I think he has just like a classic alarm clock. And
0: oh, Cute. I want one. Yeah. I think I'm just going to get a regular alarm clock. Yeah. Because that's people's biggest excuse. They say like, well, my phone has my alarm clock. I'm like, Buy an alarm clock. Yeah. Well, I say that so mad. I have not done that yet either. <laughs> yeah. Like, idiots, buy an alarm clock. No, but
1: I think that that's actually pretty realistic for most people and a really good idea to turn your phone off from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard, but I think it's like, what do you really need to be doing on your phone after 8 p.m. or before 8, 8 a.m.? If yeah. you really think about it. Yeah. You don't need to be doing no. anything. So that's something that I that I really liked that he said, which is another takeaway. Um. Haven't done that yet to be honest, but I do try really hard. I realize that I fall asleep so much faster if I put my phone down, yeah, and I'm just not on it for you know, yeah, the first like the like 30 minutes before I go to Mm -hmm.
0: bed. Well, and no one's going to like my fear is when I do leave my phone somewhere, and the rare occasion that happens, I come back and like my fear is that I've missed like the most important text of my life or something like that, yeah, but. It's, it's not, not realistic. It's not realistic. Like even when I fall asleep and you've texted me because I'm my time is earlier than JC, so I usually go to bed earlier. Like later. even when you text, right? I go to bed earlier than you do. Oh
1: right, right, right. Well, but your time is technically
0: later. yeah. I don't. Okay, let's whatever. not even get into time Sorry. zones because <laughs> it confuses me so much. <laughs> Anyways, I go to bed at the time where you're usually like up and doing stuff. Yeah. Because I'm two hours ahead. And even when you text me, it's not the end of the world if I don't text you till tomorrow. In the morning. You know what I mean? So it's like don't use that as an excuse either because sometimes I find myself doing that. Well,
1: and even if you – the reason that he or people turn it off is because – It is so easy to just— You see it light up? Yeah, you see it light up and you're just like, oh, I'll just reply to this. And the next thing you know, you're on Instagram for 20 minutes. (laughs)
0: Literally.
1: So I think that's kind of the power of, like, turning on airplane mode or turning it off completely versus just like, oh, I won't check it from those
0: times. Like, "Mm,
1: you probably will, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of the beauty of that. Don't trust yourself. Okay, the last part that I've been listening to that I've really liked, and that— we've kind of talked about is he calls them hot spots, but I call them primary food and it's the, all the areas of your life. So he's saying evaluate all the areas of your life to kind of feel like your life is more in check and that you're being productive. Like look at all the areas of your life. So like finances, relationships, career, um, creativity, like health, any part of your life, like write down all the things that you want to work on or that you want to be more productive in or goals that you have. And then that way you can kind of even everything out and it'll be like balanced. You'll feel productive in your life. Because even if you're doing, you're just working completely on your health, but you're completely just forgetting about your finances. It's like, you're still not going to feel productive. You're still going to feel out of control. Yeah. Out of control. So you have to look at all the areas of your life and he says like start by writing down all of the goals in the and all your areas and start writing down things that you want to do or things that you want to accomplish and then kind of start from there and see like what you really need to pay attention to is there
1: somewhere that some people can look up kind of those categories like if you look up primary food table would that if or you going to give you literal food
0: okay wait, wait. actually there's like a little exercise that you can do online okay i don't know ex- what the url URL is exactly. It's the circle of life activity and it has all 12 areas. And you basically just rate them from like one to 10, how satisfied you're feeling. And then from there, you can kind of see which areas are being neglected and which areas are, you know, being fulfilled and you're paying a lot of attention to. That doesn't have to do with like writing down the goals though. So maybe you can start there and then go right down like in each area, kind of evaluate I do that with my clients is, like, the first thing we do is go through each area and I have them rate it and then tell me why and, like, things they want to work on in that area. So maybe do that too. I don't know. Anyways, that was, like, basically the last part that I read that I was, like, I love this. He calls them hot spots. Okay. But I think it's really important to think about that.
1: Definitely. Well, kind of the last thing that I wanted to end on and just, like, challenge you guys to do, I guess, is – I mean, we've been talking about it this whole time, but just –
0: Be productive.
1: Yeah. I'm like, that's it. To disconnect for at least 30 minutes or put your phone in airplane mode, turn it off during like dinner Mm -hmm. is a good time, I think, to do that. Or when you are working on an important task that does require your energy. I really would challenge you guys to just try it out because I think you'll be surprised at number one, kind of how hard it is, which is is a reality check in and of itself, realizing that turning, for me at least, it's like turning my phone off and putting it in a different room for 30 minutes is like kind of a struggle. And I yeah. I reach for it. I'm like, you know, looking, for, looking it, yeah. for it. And then I'm like, oh, it's in the other room. And so that's kind of been a reality check for me to realize how attached I am to it and how I kind of want to let go of that aspect yeah. of my life a little bit. So I think that's something. I mean, there's so many takeaways. I hope that you guys wrote down some notes and, like, can do more things at home. But that's something I think is, like, starting with small steps. Like we said, it's not realistic to just be this, like, health nut and completely turn your life around and be so productive every day just from listening to this episode. But yeah. if you can just write down those small steps that you can start with, I think
0: that's really a really good place to start. Yeah. I love that. Do you have anything else? We're no, good? I mean, I would highly suggest at least taking a couple of these challenges that we talked about if you didn't take notes while we listened, honestly listen again and take notes or read the book the productivity project by chris bailey and actually put it to work yeah because I, for the first couple exercises that he was reading or sorry the first couple exercises that he suggested i kind of like blew over them yeah and i'm like i need to do these yeah <laughs> like, uh, the, I am the epitome of listening and then forgetting completely. Yeah. So I need to, like, actually do them. And they make such a difference if you write it down on paper or even on your notes in your phone. But there really is something, like, powerful about paper and pen.
1: There is. I will admit. So. I need to do it more. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you <coughs> gained – wow, Charles, that was a big Sorry, one. guys. Um, Hope you gained some inspiration and some motivation – Maybe some excitement. I think it's sometimes fun to realize that you're in control of your life and you can actually mm-hmm. like make changes because it's fun to realize that the you most could be freeing
0: thing is accepting responsibility. Truly, Mm-hmm. wow! Ooh, I'm writing a book <laughs> called
1: that. Ooh. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to follow our What We Said podcast Instagram, go ahead and do that. It's at What We Said Podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this episode and you think other people would enjoy listening to it too, make sure to screenshot uh, your phone right now and screenshot the episode and tag us on Instagram so we can shout you out and, you know, right back to you guys. And if you want to feel, you know, extra— if you want to feel extra productive, then you could rate and review the podcast if you're interested. Yeah. But that is going to be it. We will see you guys next week. And that's what what we said. said. Goodbye.